up everybody welcome to mania moments with robbie and phoenix i am robbie and of course joining me as always is phoenix hey uh i'm gonna go ahead and hey. uh, in advance apologize for any audio quality issues we're recording super remote today we're we're, we're not just yeah, across I'm, the uh, zip code we're across the state <laughs> Yeah, down down the highway, um, couple hundred, like hundred miles or so. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm in San Antonio right now, and I didn't bring my mic because I didn't expect to be in San Antonio this long. So I'm just going off of the old laptop mic. It happens. Mic, so it works. Hopefully, it doesn't sound too bad for you guys. Yeah, and um, if it sounds like garbage, who who cares? We may just stop or record later. <laughs> who knows? But yeah. hopefully this works. Um, uh, we're recording this the night before it drops, so uh, or the night before it's supposed to drop, which doesn't even matter if yeah. uh, we don't drop it. So, uh, yeah, I hope uh, whoever's uh, listening is having a good twenty twenty one so far. Yeah, hope you guys um, are staying. This is our safe. first part of the year. It is our first part of the year. Uh, pretty much all of the fifty two oh eight media podcasts took an extended holiday break. Uh, for various reasons, for uh, trips to see family and quarantining and just being as safe as possible, uh, especially as we kind of get into another spike of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, but that being said, uh, we're talking about a time when people didn't even know what COVID-19 was because it was 2018. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah, we're, we're talking about when Trump was still in office. Trump was still but- he, he only he was uh, with zero impeachments. Yeah, not yeah, not quite impeached. Hadn't even uh, started the chain of events that would lead to his first impeachment. If we're being honest, no, <laughs> or not. not even, oh, we're talking about being honest when we like, were like, yeah. I say being honest, like, <laughs> like it was yeah. uh, not a fact that he made that call after April eighth, two thousand eighteen. Like. <laughs> Yeah, he, um, he did. It, it just that's how time works. He, he that made, is, yeah, he just that call linear, a few months later, like, linear time frame. In case you're, yeah, it just happens like that. Yeah, uh, um, we're talking about WrestleMania 34. WrestleMania 34. Uh, this is probably the closest we've done for any WrestleMania to a previous, like sequentially to another WrestleMania we've done. We did 33, not too long ago like maybe two episodes ago and now we're doing 34 but of course we're doing wrestlemania 34 and uh there's you know even though this is late in january uh at the very beginning or the very end of last year beginning of this year i'm trying to remember exact dates uh the wrestling community lost a very uh good member of it uh john huber aka known uh or also known as Brody Lee to AEW fans or fans of his from the independent scene. And as Luke Harper, 
uh, for WWE fans. Uh, I'm sure if you follow wrestling at all, and which you probably do if you're listening to this, uh, you know that happened. Uh, everyone did their tributes to him. Uh, by all accounts, he was a fantastic dude. And uh, this is kind of one of the only WrestleManias he participated directly in. Uh, he was ringside for some Bray Wyatt matches, but he is a direct competitor in this one. And not only that, uh, spoiler alert, he wins a title. So uh, he wins a yeah. tag team title with uh, Eric Rowan. So yeah, uh, we wanted a chance to talk and about so, that. You know, shout out to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, shout out to his know, family. They're, obviously, you know. tragedy. Yeah. Just thinking about them, thinking about his family, and um, just, yeah, just honoring him, remembering him. Yeah. That's, you know. And if you, I'm sure if you follow the backstage drama of wrestling right now, you know that uh, beyond the, even just the regular, you know, the regular grief of death, uh, their family's been through a lot in the wake of that with just how the dirt sheets and, so-called journalists have handled the situation. Uh, it's no good, no good, no good. What they've had to go through, uh, you know. So rest in peace, Brody Lee, uh, Luke Harper, John Huber, however you know him. Um, and just you know, as empty as it can sound, uh, thoughts and prayers to his family and his loved ones uh, as they get through this tough time. Uh, but beyond that. Uh, we're looking at April 8th, 2018 in New Orleans, Louisiana at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And we're talking about WrestleMania 34, baby. Um, Phoenix, did you watch the pre-show for this? Uh, or as I have it written down in my notes, the per-show. I guess I was feeling dyslexic that day. <laughs> uh, I did watch the per-show. You watched um, the per-show. So I'm good to go. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so we had three matches on the per-show. Uh, the first one being the fifth annual Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, uh, which had a lot of participants in it. Would you like me to read the list of the participants, or is it just futile? <laughs> if you have all of them, you you can. I you know I, I made a list of like the notable ones or that okay uh, that did stuff. But if you if you got them all, run them down. I have them all based on Wikipedia. Uh, Okay. So we have Matt Hardy, Baron Corbin, Aiden English, Connor, Kurt Hawkins, R-Truth, Primo, Mike Kanellis, Tyler Breeze, Victor, Zack Ryder, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, Apollo Crews, uh, Shelton Benjamin, Rhino, The Revival, Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, Sin Cara, Fandango, Heath Slater, Chad Gable, Titus O'Neil, Goldust, Ty Gillinger, Dolph Ziggler, Kane, and Mojo Rawley. Um... I, I that should is, I have split the revival up into their actual names, or did I was <laughs> I okay to just list them as the revival? And yeah, I don't even. I know. think it's okay to just go by their faction. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah. this was I thought this was an okay Andre Battle Royal. Uh, could have been better. I think we've seen better ones. Uh, in the, just even talking about it through the podcast so far. Um, I agree. I think it was. Uh, it was an all right one um, with a pretty fun ending. Yes. Um, which kind of that kind of makes it, but uh, but yeah, throughout just you know pretty standard. Yeah, the whole point of this battle royal was to set up the uh, partnership between Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, uh, because prior to this, 
Uh, Bray Wyatt had been off TV for a while, Mm -hmm. at least kayfabe-wise. He had been thrown into the lake for reincarnation by Matt Hardy in one of his deletions. I don't even know which one it was at this point. Yeah. (laughs) They're all deletions. Yeah, the, like, back in the lake house or whatever. Yeah, he was... Is this, this the is, yeah, ultimate deletion? Is that what it was? I, I think it was the ultimate deletion. Okay. Not, and, uh, which those are all actually pretty fantastic. I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on those because they're fun. They're a lot of fun. But they all have oh, uh, no, very they're, similar they're names. The best, <laughs> the best yeah. one in my they're opinion. They're all is very fun. If you want to watch a good Hardy's uh, cinematic uh Watch the Impact Wrestling episode, Tag Team Apocalypto. That is my (laughs) recommendation. If you have missed any of the Hardy cinematics and you want to watch them, Tag Team Apocalypto is probably the best one. It's just, it's goofy and it's got tons and tons of people uh, from all over wrestling. They invited teams from not just Impact, but also Ring of Honor, New Japan, uh, they put out an open invitation to the new day and the revival when that happened. Like it was, it was crazy. It was fun. Uh, yeah. Although of course, you know, they weren't, the WWE teams were not allowed to attend. So, <laughs> but Hey, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything crazy, uh, that happened in this, uh, match. Um, uh, I have, the, I at have one point a, I literally wrote this is then, a pretty boring battle royals. <laughs> yeah, I liked um when Goldust eliminates our truth and then dabs on him. Yes. That was pretty fun. And I I love the Goldust um, uh Dusty Rhodes inspired gear there. That's uh that, Yes, that was awesome. Um They cut to Cena in the crowd, because that's a recurring point, is that Cena is in the audience because he's yeah. just at WrestleMania as a fan. Definitely not going to fight the undertaker yep. at all. He's just, just a, fan. a fan. He has a beer at one point during the pre-show. Like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's <laughs> just a fan for sure. Nothing else going to happen. Uh, is this, yeah, this Absolutely. is the battle Royal where they sometimes all start beyond the fact that it's, uh, this is a battle royal. It's also Royal Rumble season, so I've been watching a lot of uh, huge matches with tons of people. This is the one where Dolph keeps flopping almost to the outside and then like skinning the cat and getting back in, right? Yeah, he does it like yeah, eight this, times. He like <laughs> yeah, where he's like holding on to the ropes for dear yeah. life. Does, um, does the Shawn yeah, Michaels? That, like, quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. Um, another well, thing he took from Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, he does that a lot in this. Um, yeah. I, but yeah, it was it was fine. Um, there's the the crowd really loses it when they um, when uh, they do like the delete versus ten chant. Yeah, that was um, good between Matt. Uh, yeah, between Hardy and Ty Dillinger. Yeah, between Ty Dillinger and Matt Hardy, and they do like ten delete, ten delete. Um, crowd was into that. That was good. Crowd was into that. There was also like an I like I don't know if I don't think this was happening in the other kickoffs that we were doing, but there was like a straight up commercial for like 
or ad for WrestleMania in the middle of this battle royal that like cut some of it out, which I thought was weird because it's like we're already going to see WrestleMania. Why are you going to put a commercial in, in the middle of it and like have us not watch the match? That was my kind of annoying. My guess is that was um, for. My guess is that replaced some ad that ran when they did it on like did this on YouTube or something, and they're no longer a brand partner or something and. And some editor just had to pick a uh, ad to put in there, but that that I can't yeah. say that for sure. But sometimes when weird stuff like that happens, I'm like, oh, I wonder who they're uh, who they are no longer working with that had to get uh, kayfabed out. Um, I'm trying to, uh, I do have a note here that Kane and Baron Corbin would actually be a good match, and they kind of faced off at one point. Uh. Who knows? Yeah, they had the face off, the tease that they were going to fight each other, and then didn't. And then Corbin ended up eliminating him after Kane was distracted from yeah getting someone else out. Um, of course, and the, yeah, that would have been a fun moment. Yeah. Uh, so the the finish is uh, you know, Bray Wyatt shows up to help Matt Hardy, and Wyatt eats an end of days, but Hardy is still able to eliminate Corbin, and uh, they stand in the middle of the ring and they reunite and they. Matt deletes while Bray does his hold his arms out thing that he used to do. That's <laughs> it's their yeah. it's their tag team pose that uh, they take up afterwards. Essentially, uh, yeah, it was an okay which match, which is which is a fun ending. Yeah, oh, it's, um, a, it's a fun ending. It's and it advances story more than a lot of Andre Battle Royals. So, yeah, I can't get too uh, down on it, but I gave it a two. I didn't think it was even as great as the other stuff on the pre-show. So yeah, that's fair. That being said, when we're talking about great stuff on the pre-show, let's talk about the Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali match for the vacant WWE cruiserweight title. Cause that was good. That was, I was really into this match. That was a very fun match. Uh, um, the cruiserweights need more than the, than the pre-show. Uh, hot. I don't know if that's a hot take, but, uh, there were some matches on the main card that should have been on the pre-show, and this one should have been on the main card because it was. It had so m- these guys. I won't go too much into it, but I gave it a four out of five. It had a great technical start. The storytelling was fantastic. There were some crazy Spanish fly spots. Um, yes, great selling. A lot from of Cedric Alexander. Um, yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good drop kicks. Um, it's it's a, pretty a very much clean you, uh, yeah. 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, um, or or early in the main show sometimes is always a good idea. Yeah. Uh, then we have the women's battle royal. Uh, this was the inaugural women's battle royal, correct? That is correct. All right. Uh, so our participants are Sa- Sasha Banks, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Peyton Royce, and Mickey James, Becky Lynch, Dakota Kai, Bianca Belair, uh, Tanara Conti. Uh, Kavita DeVee, Kyrie Sane, Sonia Deville, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, Carmella, Bailey, and Naomi. 
Uh, please don't hate me if I got any of those wrong or left anyone out. Because too many names. I, there are too many names. Um, I think you got them all, though. Yeah. Um, I liked that Beth Phoenix and Paige were on commentary. Uh, you know, even though they might not have yeah, been. Yeah, that was nice. And, well, Paige was sidelined due to injury. And uh, Beth may just not have, you know, I feel like this would be something she would normally participate in, but if she just didn't think she was in ring shape, that's, you know, good on yeah. her for doing I commentary. Li- they may have also been promoting liked- that her commentary skills because she had just joined NXT as commentary. So there may be a dual motive there. Yeah. So I enjoyed their presence, but I also felt that with the four of them, it, it had a very crowded commentary and they constantly were like late on spots. I don't know if that's maybe that's a little too picky for commentary, but I felt like the lines that they wanted to say or like the things that they wanted to get included kept getting like stomped uh, on. Kept getting missed when the person there yeah, stomped on because someone's getting eliminated before they got to say what they need to say or someone's trying to like call a call a move that's happening while someone else is still going on about a different wrestler and it was yeah. a little too much, I think. Um, though I appreciate them there. I just think it kind of wasn't the best called match. Yeah. Um, we could have lost some of the other people. I think that if you had had Beth and Paige there and maybe just a may, I don't even remember who, who were the other uh, guys on commentary. Was that Corey Graves and Tom Phillips? Yeah. yeah. I, it was definitely Graves. I I thought it was actually Cole, was it not? Uh, I don't know. I really, I really don't know. Um, They've mixed up commentary teams so many time yeah. and the, times, and then Jonathan Coachman was randomly on uh, commentary this yeah. most of this WrestleMania for this main show. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, I think probably could have just had Graves shit out, it's like, yeah, sit out. So it's gonna be like calling for another five hours, like you know, just you know, let the women take care of it. Yeah. Um, But I I thought this match was, yeah, exactly. Um, I thought this match was kind of in the same, uh, same vein as the last, the, the other battle royal of it just being, is being pretty standard. Um, I enjoyed the, uh, the, like the kind of ending between it being between Sasha, Sasha and Bailey. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, there's the fake out that Naomi wasn't eliminated, which, you know, I, I am like kind of a fan of, but I also am like, couldn't this have just been like a Sasha Bailey ending and that would have been like awesome. Um, yeah, it kind of undercuts it a little, but, um, it's also, it's the ending they use okay. for every battle Royal that isn't a Royal rumble, which is. Somebody thinks they've won, and but the bell hasn't rung because someone rolled under the bottom ropes. You know, like it's we yeah. we we know what's it's, happening. It's played out. Uh, I some things I, I mean, I think it, I, I think it works a little bit better than uh, the men's. I thought the story was a little more cohesive altogether. Uh, but I mean. I liked the I liked the moment with the NXT uh, gals all standing tall. That was a good moment for them. Uh, that was nice, yeah. And then the Riot Squad kind of wrecking shop for a while. 
That was, was good. Interesting. There was the weird thing with Becky Lynch and Kavita Devi about the color orange that I I I, I have a hard time <laughs> defending anything Becky Lynch before she became the man because there's just a yeah. bunch of questionable choices, like the dreadlocks, like this orange thing. It just <laughs> yeah, the orange improv was really bizarre. Yeah, um, they were still is, just trying to figure yeah. out. She's been she spent more of her career figuring out her character than she has actually being uh fantastic in her gimmick. Uh not to say she isn't a good yeah. wrestler. She's always been a very good wrestler and that's why they've kept her on. But it wasn't yeah, until totally. and I mean, even this year that they really figured out what her role was. Yeah, and I I agree with that too because I also was like you know, I always liked Becky Lynch, but I think it was, I was um, uh, kind of a late, like, super fan of hers until her, like, transition into, like, the more, like, present day, like, the man gimmick. Because because uh, of what, all the things you're saying were, like, her earlier stuff with, like, how she was seen and, you know, the kind of, like, face role that she had was never, like, too interesting to me. Um, though I always appreciated her as a wrestler. Um, she- but I do notice the crowd... The crowd, the likes crowd her still. is like, yeah, and they're they're absolutely they're actually upset when she, she gets eliminated so early on. Like you can hear, they don't no one addresses it, but you could hear the crowd like boo when they when she gets eliminated like pretty early in the match. Um, I mean, so she's always I also been a good was like, wrestler. oh, maybe that was a mistake of yeah holding her back, but she's always been a good wrestler. She's always had a banger theme song. I can't, you know, I get why she was. Oh over, yeah, but. She always should have been the female Stone Cold, you know? Like, it's worked oh, so yeah. well for her since then. You know, it's... Uh, that being said, we already... Yeah, absolutely. We already did the finish on this. Naomi eliminates Bailey in a surprise after a fake-out uh, finish between Bailey and Sasha Banks. Um, but it's, you know, it's good. There are some people that I wish had more spots on the main card than this, I think namely, uh, you know, I wish Mickey James got some more shine in this WrestleMania. I think Natalia deserved a little more. Always. Uh, always. Yeah. I, I can always um, get you to agree with me yeah. with more Mickey James. <laughs> yeah. Um, Unless it's the piggy James, uh, uh <laughs> storyline. Don't, don't hurt me like this. Don't do this. Don't talk um, about piggy James. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, to me, it was fine. Like, I know you, you like it a bit more than the last one. I kind of have them at the same, uh, deal, but you know, nothing like nothing, I would say complain worthy or anything. Yeah. They're all very suitable, fine, dark matches. Yeah, for sure. And I, Um, I think I may give more points because some of my favorites in the women's division are in this match, as opposed to a lot of my favorites at, this point in time were on the main card and not <laughs> in the men's battle royale. Even though I, yeah, I, I still I have that. love for uh, Ryder and Hawkins, uh, but they were never going to be on the main card at this one. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't do anything about that. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's get into this main card. Uh, we of course have Chloe Haley performing uh, America, the beautiful, they do a good job with that. I don't have much else to say. Yeah. About the, they didn't really stand out beyond just having good voices. 
Um, maybe the, yep. the stands will come after me for that. <laughs> the <laughs> they have a crazy following on Twitter and Instagram. It's it's ridiculous. Oh, really? Yeah, they're that's cool. And then one of them, I don't remember which one, and uh, I'm not going to fact check myself here. One of them's supposed to be Ariel in the live action Little Mermaid that's going to come out one day. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I did hear. I heard about the news, but yeah, when they cast, I didn't know who it was. But okay, that's 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 interesting. Um. Then we get an opening video package that's less focused on WrestleMania and more on the city of New Orleans. Uh, I guess they exhausted their WrestleMania New Orleans connections at WrestleMania 30 for the opening package and just decided (laughs) to go all in on the city. Um. Yeah. And not much else happens between that and our first match of the night, which is Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor versus The Miz in a triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, so first thing I noted is Seth Rollins has got the White Walker contacts in, and or yeah. also known as the Rey Mysterio contacts. <laughs> um, yeah. He, um, you think he borrowed those? What do you Ray? think of the... Uh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Ray hooked him up with a guy. Um, uh, what do you think of the stage for this year? I remember it being like, like I remember watching it, thinking it was cool. But I don't know why. But watching it, like, like now, like this, like these past few days, I was like, I'm not really feeling the stage. Like, I don't know if I like the the mask look in the front. Um, and then I, I bring this up because I know Seth Rollins has like. The White Walker and the, the, the like, face in the mask. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was cool. I thought that was really kind of the only one that made real use of it. And like, yeah. use of it in the way that was like unique to that shape that couldn't have been done with a regular Jumbotron. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of what I, why it, what bothers me with it is that like, it felt like with everyone else, it was just like, Oh, here's like their name, but it's like bent or and big or yeah. something. But it's like with uh, with him, it's an actual like face thing that kind of works with the mask look. And then I think I think Undertaker kind of uses it like pretty well later. But I don't yeah. know. I just remember being like into the stage, and then this time I was like, yeah, stage is okay. It doesn't do too much for me. I will say I'm into WrestleMania having. The, I prefer it when WrestleMania does let them have their even if they do a special one for WrestleMania. I like the Jumbotron or the Titantron, whatever they are still calling it now. I like them having their video package that plays for their entrance there too. You know, sometimes you get yeah like weird outdoor ones or stuff where there's that's just not there, and you're like, oh, that's kind of something I miss that they do even normally on Raw and SmackDown, you know, so it is nice to have a screen Yeah, there. I agree. Because, like, I think there, you know, uh, we'll, later we'll get to AJ Styles, but, like, I think there is, you know, something cool about seeing before he comes out, you know, it's slowly revealing the I am phenomenal. Like, there's, the, the whole package for his entrance is, like, really good, but you lose that if you do it at a venue where you don't have that kind of... Uh, set up. So I appreciate them trying to tie it into the theme. Uh, but I more so appreciate that it's even just there to begin with. Um, 
That being said, uh, the champ comes out in the middle here. <laughs> the Miz is the second one out. Uh, and he sends the Miz <laughs> Taraj home. Uh, <laughs> very strange, uh, very strange order. Um, yeah. Uh, I liked his Miz glasses, though. Yes. Fun Miz glasses. Fun Miz glasses. Uh, uh, my next so, note is just um, the LGBT. The B in LGBT stands for Balor. Is my next note, just in case. <laughs> um. So that. Uh, yeah, he had like quite the quite the group um, around him, which was fun. They were awesome. Uh, I- I, and I like the oh, yeah. I like the um, Balor Club is open to all sentiment. Uh, yeah, the thing yeah, is, that I, nice. like, that's a nice. I was not watching regularly back then. Uh, was that supposed to be a heel move in Vince's mind? <laughs> that's no, that's no. just my question. <laughs> was Vince like, ah, make him one of the gays? People will hate it. Yeah, because I know I do. <laughs> He'll be. <laughs> Yeah, he'll be so disliked. Um, he'll be, uh, everyone will want to no, shoot no. him or beat him up in a bathroom. I think what's, so, like, what I think is weird about this match is that, like, so, um, like, back then, you know, like, on paper, you know, any of these people could have won and it would have been, like, you know, fine or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't think. The Miz winning is be fine because the Miz, this, it, the Intercontinental title, especially at this time, was the Miz's title. Like, there's not any... Yeah, like, he, like, totally represents that belt. Yeah. Um, I think Finn Balor, only... also a great, like... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Finn Balor, also a great, like, um, great, like, star at that level of, like, they're um, maybe on their way up and... Like this is something that can prove them. Like they could totally like they fit the fit the mold of an intercontinental champion. And then Seth Rollins completes being the Grand Slam champion. Um, and uh, with this win, and uh, but I don't know. I think I remember back then that it was gonna. I remember back then it being obvious that Seth Rollins really gonna win this. And I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know if that's because of the story. Like I really can't remember, or if it's just because, um. They just or or it's just because of my instinct or something. But I would, yeah. I think I want to say they like really forced the whole like he's going to be the next Grand Slam champion like like title part of it through throughout the story for a while. That I was like, oh well, they're setting up so he can be the Grand Slam champion, yeah, Um, or one of the uh, like the next Grand Slam champion. And then the match goes, and then Seth Rollins wins, and I was like, yeah, I, I figured. Um, yeah, so they, I don't I mean, know. I, they only make a I big deal this, out of Grand Slam. A little bit. They only make a big deal out of the Grand Slam winners if it, ha- if it's like the only thing they can make a big deal out of that title win. You know, because like you said, uh, retaining your yeah. title is you don't need a story reason to retain your title. You know, you that totally makes sense. You you have to defend it, and you want to defend it. Uh, Finn Balor, he was still just coming up on the main roster. Uh, the Intercontinental title is a perfect proving ground for talent like that. Um, and then, yeah, so the only other option, you're like, oh, well, why does Seth want it? And you're like, it's the only title that's eluded him in his quest to become a Grand Slam champion. But if they, yeah, can, if exactly. they can come up with and a I story reason maybe... for it... 
if the, if they can come up with a story. Yeah, and I think that's right. what was. Yeah. Well, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think that's what was happening. No, I was just gonna say I think that's what was happening because I remember it being so obvious that Seth Rollins was gonna win, and I what rewatching it now, I didn't understand why, but um, I just remember being remember the feeling of being like, oh, this is so predictable. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean. I still think it's a really good like opener match. I think it's yeah. a really good match. I gave it a four out of five. I really enjoyed this match. I think these are three of the best workers in the WWE at the time. Uh, I think still three of the better workers in the company right now. Um, Miz does a good figure four. I'm trying to just like hit the the highlights. Um, oh, there's that huge yes. Rollins buckle bomb. And then superplex uh, on Balor that he reverses that he like that turns into a Falcon Arrow like it's I I can't even describe the spot it's fantastic though and also the Falcon Arrow is a fantastic movie. yeah it's wild um yeah Balor also has a really clean over the top rope sent on at the beginning mm-hmm. um, yes that's, that I was like that looked that was pretty sick uh but yeah I mean most of my notes are just what a great matchup. Really good job getting everybody in, you know, like highlighting and showcasing all three of them. Because sometimes, I mean, triple threat matches can sometimes end up just focusing on one guy or one or two guys. I think a good example of that is Mania 30's main event. You know, the whole thing was about Daniel Bryan. It wasn't, you know, and you didn't really get to, uh, you know, Batista and Orton were there just to facilitate that finish. But in this one, I think all three of them really got showcased. And even if it had been telegraphed by the story leading up to it, uh, at times it felt like any of them could have won, you know? Oh yeah. I, uh, I agree that they all, um, they all seemed, uh, to have a, a nice like moment of offense and like, uh, have a kind of equal, tit for tat between the three of them that made it feel like a well-balanced match, which was really what was like super entertaining with it. For sure. Um, and it didn't go on for too long. I thought it or too short. I thought it had a good amount of time with it and um, everyone just kind of looked good. So yeah. I, yeah, no complaints. If you hadn't watched the pre-show, this is a perfect match to prime you for a good card. Um, so, oh yeah, it definitely served its purpose. Um, next one is a match that I personally think should have, uh, swapped places with the other women's match on the card. Uh, because I think this, I, I feel like this, this match, a, it had importance and B, it had a shit ton of talent in it. And I think it gets, uh, kind of gets the short end of the stick when it comes to, uh, the other spot it potentially could have gone in. Um, so, uh, I agree. This is, um, I mean, this is actually, I think, go ahead. Uh, this is one of my favorite, like women's matches. Is this what is a great I was match. Say, like ever. Like this I, is a fantastic I really match. love this match. And this is one, this is one that made me like really, um, like I already really like Charlotte Flair, but this was another one that made me like really love her as a wrestler. And then, I mean, Oscar's fantastic. Um, and she, like, in general, and then in this match too, I thought I think she's really great. Um, and I agree with you that like this one 
probably would should have been higher on the card and swapped with the with the world championship just because this one's such a more quality match. Um, yeah, uh, this one has two of the best workers in the women's division. It has the importance of Oscar's streak could end against, and they they really played that up in the preview for it. And also, it's the yeah. uh, payoff for the first ever women's Royal Rumble. Like, it really deserved. Yeah. A better than the second um, match spot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say one of my favorite spots um, in this match is the... Uh, well, I have two really big ones. One is the um, the moonsault counter to a triangle lock, yes. counter to a Boston oh, Crab. That, so that part is so sick. Um, love that. That's, love that spot. And then, um, of course, um, Charlotte Flair's Spanish fly off the turnbuckle. I thought... So many good insane. Spanish and I remember that night. Yeah, yeah, and I will. Um, I uh, was a little bit biased to this one because I think when I watched this one live, I did not watch the the dark matches. So for me, this was the first Spanish fly of the night when I first watched this show, uh, watched this media, and I was like, "Oh my god, a Spanish fly!" Um, now rewatching it, I was like, "Oh, they actually do a few Spanish flies before this." Um, uh, the crowd was just uh, in the cruiserweight match. The crowd loves it. Regardless. Yeah, no, they, I, I mean, it. Yeah, it's still great. Regardless, still great that Charlotte Flair does it because that's not even like a move she's known for doing. Like, yeah, um, that was just something she just like uh, wanted to pop like in the match, which got everyone like hyped. Um, and it was just clean. Like, it looked so good. Like, it was totally, it was pulled off so well that. If you um, want to see a good, I was super into it. If you want to see a really, really good Spanish slide that is surprising, go watch the Raw from the beginning of this month, the Legends Night. Keith Lee hits okay. a Spanish fly on Drew McIntyre. So both massive dudes. And it is I was gonna cl- say on like, oh my god. It is one of the cleanest <laughs> things I have ever seen them do. It it like and it could have their their match altogether was fantastic, but uh, and is it off a turnbuckle or is it off a ladder? It's off a turnbuckle. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, that's that's still like I'm like man, that would they would have to jump high to like rotate that much for being those big. Dudes. It's a it's a little um, bit modified, but it is it's does not make it any less impressive, you know. And it's clearly yeah, something yeah. that they like. Um, they hit it clean enough that you're like, okay, they made them do this like four times before they <laughs> shot before they did the episode because they couldn't. You're just like, there's no way they would have let them do that, not knowing if they could, you know. And it's, yeah, it, it's totally. hit clean enough that you're like, okay, they figured out how, what the little changes they needed to make, but it it works. Um, um but other than that, I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, about this match, um, uh, how do you feel about Oscar's streak ending? Because that was very controversial at the time. I so um, hindsight is twenty twenty is what I will say. Uh, because what this ended up setting setting up was well, a, I I don't know if it should have been the end of Oscar's streak to begin with, but what it set up was this concept that Oscar could not beat Charlotte Flair. And they did that for about two years after this. You know, anytime Oscar went up against Charlotte, she could not beat her. It's the one person she couldn't beat. And you're like, 
okay, you're like, okay, I like I like this conceptually that if someone's going to end that kind of streak, it needs to then turn. It, it's I liked that they turned it into something. I don't like that they just ended that storyline on a random episode of Raw this past summer. So I I can't I have a hard time going back and justifying it because this the long term storytelling should have played out at at least a pay per view if not another WrestleMania match. So I'm right for it to like suddenly on one episode I, of Raw they're like oh and Oscar finally beat Charlotte for the first time in her career this is a huge moment and you're like it doesn't feel like it because it's a. <laughs> random match that was set yeah, up at the beginning of this raw. raw episode. It's not, you know, yeah, so I have I, a hard time. That. Um, cause there's hind it was, it was hindsight that then just that changed the justification of other hindsight. You know, you're like, you were so close to landing this right. and you couldn't push this to um, extreme rules in a few weeks, you know, or backlash. Yeah. Even, right before. Backlash. I, I I this was a hot take of the time for me because I know I was like in the minority entirely, but I thought this was a good. I yeah, in the moment I thought this was good for Oscar to, to break the streak here, only because I was thinking, um, long term, like what would be a better time for her to lose to like lose the streak, um, and I was like, they've already built this up so much that it needs to break out of WrestleMania or at like a big, like, like, or like one of the big four at least, but seemingly a WrestleMania. And then if, if she won here, like they would have to continue that streak for another year. And that would like really like be weird for the women's division. Like some people would probably get buried if they have to like keep having Oscar keep going the whole time. Um, But at least she would have had um, the title without anyone beating her. At least she would have had a title, and that's a little easier to justify would, is a year-long title reign. Yeah. Um, but I get what you're but saying. But I also think that, like, yeah, and I think that, like, it, like her losing to, a, like, the WWE champion, which is supposed to be, you know, in theory, like, the best the best women's wrestler in the world, quote-unquote, um, like... That kind of that kind of sets the bar. Like, okay, that's how good Asuka is. It's like she, like the only person that can like stop her is someone who's seemingly the best, but she's also so young and like her career is just starting in the business yeah. that like it's gonna be like she's gonna be like an all timer and like just that like theorizing that in my head. And then also with Charlotte Flair, it's like you, like you know her winning feels so great. Cause it's like, Oh, you don't even you, part of you doesn't think she's going to win because you're like, Oscar's so like dominant that how is this, how is she going to beat Oscar? So I just thought it was like a smart move. And I, even though I know a lot of people loved Oscar, love the streak. And I think, think part of it is harder to justify because, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura loses the, like tonight too. And it's like, okay, you have two rumble winners, two people, uh, two new people to the business, and you're gonna like have them both, both yeah. lose. I'm mess- two of your I'm most exciting NXT calls. That, like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And, and like both Rumble winners losing is something that like never happens usually. Um, I mean, uh, like Rumble winners losing in general like never happens, but like both of them losing at Mania is like 
kind of rare. Yeah, I mean, um, this well, this was the so, first time it could have happened because it was the first women's rumble. So like they, true, true. But um, even then, like, I just mean that like 2019 for both yeah. rumble winners win, I believe, and 2020 both rumble winners win. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, I mean, rumble winners almost always win. I think in like statistics. Like, yeah. I think it's rare when like a Rumble winner actually doesn't win a Mania. So to have them both lose is like already like okay WWE. There's something like there's, there's something. What are you doing? Like you're 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 not sending a good message to the fans. But in this case, I thought it was smart of Flair to to win this one. Yeah. Um and I, I see uh, your argument. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I don't have like something to point out and be like, aha, I gotcha. You know, like. You said this, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you're, you know, no, I, it's just a difference yeah. of yeah. philosophy there. Yeah. And I'll, 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 yeah. And I'll show my cards and admit that I am like a big Charlotte Flair fan in general. So like, maybe I'm even coming with a little bias too, but I think even objectively, I still like the move. Um, and I am, I haven't said it yet, but I did give this my thumbs up of the night. This is nice. my favorite match. I will say of the possible women's champions to have Oscar face and lose to this is the better choice at the time. Charlotte is one of the best pure athletes in the WWE. It makes total sense. I don't think you could have justified Oscar losing the streak to Alexa bliss, which would have been your other option. Yeah. Um, yes, exactly. I agree with like, I agree with that completely. So, and, and I get what I get what you're saying. It's hard to, I mean, even SummerSlam doesn't feel quite right to have Asuka lose her streak at. So yeah, it just it just wouldn't make sense to me. And like, like I just, I just think if she wins this, then like it's not gonna it's like wherever she drops it next, it's gonna be like such a disappointment of like, oh really? We're gonna she's gonna drop her belts at like Elimination Chamber or something? Yeah, it's like, like that, like that. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Is this also the first year of women's money in the bank? No, it's the second year. So I, yeah, second year. So I guess, you know, you could have had a money in the bank cash in and, you know, it doesn't feel as bad because those can usually seem like someone stole the title less more so than it is like a clean win. But that's the only, that's like the cop out booking. If you can't, if you don't end the streak at WrestleMania. Yeah. And then, yeah, which even then is still like, okay, we're going to like end the streak on a steal. Like yeah. even that feels a little like cheated in a way. So I don't know. I'm, I was always a, ha- a fan of this in the moment. Um, and I, I totally think get what it you're did saying. end up building up to a better story. Um, though I agree with you that the raw part of it really like undercuts the long con story that they had, but yeah, you know, that's WWE for you. Yeah. And now they're tag team champions together. So who even cares? Like, yeah, uh, uh, so (laughs) I will say the ending is nice that with like the respect and the Charlotte was ready for Oscar is, is a good moment. Uh, yeah. The next thing is a ref runs up and tells Cena that he's here, uh, which everyone assumes is a reference to the undertaker. Including Cena himself, he, who is like, "Oop, gotta go fast." Yeah, he runs, <laughs> he runs up, up the, ramp. the ramp and kind of undercuts Charlotte's celebration, which is weird. 
But it is it is funny yeah. to see like that happens and like Charlotte is sub- she can't like walk back with Cena because you know it that's even weirder if they like just both walk backstage back into Gorilla at the same time. So she's just kind of left at the, like the mouth of the ramp and she like looks at a fan and she's like John Cena. <laughs> you're like you're like yeah we're all feeling how uncomfortable that was. <laughs> sure like. Yeah, yeah. so don't worry, it it was strange. (laughs) They really, I mean, I know that you want to show everyone that he's running backstage, but they could have put it on the screen and he could have run back, like, towards, like, where concessions were, and they could have put him on a cart and gotten him back to the locker room. He had time. Yeah, totally. There were were ways Um, to do it that don't just totally stomp on the finish of the match that just happened. Once again, yeah, I maybe would have been okay with it if he stomped on uh, Nia Jax's win. I'm not, you know, not showing my bias here, but <laughs> maybe would have been more okay with that. <laughs> but yeah, it. I think we can all agree, even people who maybe you know like the the later match more that um uh uh the place Cena running through and <laughs> running through it is is not great, yeah. and that. The Charlotte Oscar match maybe should have taken a higher precedent, but yeah. And I'm not saying you and necessarily honestly, have to switch those two, but like, let's let's move it up the card a little bit. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, we haven't got there yet, but I honestly don't hate the Bliss Jacks match. I just think the Flair Oscar match is such a better match. Yeah, let's. I mean, I'm gonna say this. Put the SmackDown Tag Championships here and switch it with Charlotte and Oscar. I don't, you know, I'm just spitballing. Like, there's there's matches that don't have the same kind of weight as the SmackDown Women's Championship that could have gone here instead. Yeah, yeah. Like, you could have done it during a tag title. Um, you could have done it during the mixed tag match. <laughs> that happens. Um, I would put, I actually, I we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll talk, we'll talk about that. Uh, but yes, um, our next match is Bobby Roode versus Rusev versus Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton for the United States Championship. Uh, this match is okay. Uh, these are, okay, I should say these are three guys that WWE has never had a great grasp on how to handle them. Uh, so far, I mean, even Rusev's no longer part of the company. Uh, and then Randy Orton kind of working at half speed is what I will say about this match. <laughs> is Oh, yeah. Randy Orton's really phoning it in. Randy Orton's kind of phoning it in. Um, and that's not, I mean, this was not supposed to be a showcase of Randy Orton. This was really supposed to be a showcase of three guys that were really at United States Championship level. Realistically, right? Yeah. Um, I have uh, two notes, and one of them literally says, didn't even write anything because nothing particularly interesting happened. <laughs> um, uh, I thought this match was pretty boring. Um, it's yeah. not, offensively, not offensively boring, but to the point of where I was like, this feels like a SmackDown main event more than it does like a WrestleMania match. 
Yeah, there's not a ton that happens. Um, I mean, it's also just when you're doing something like this, when it's a fatal four-way is... It, fatal four-ways get a little too crowded for a championship match, in my opinion. I think a triple threat's probably perfect <laughs> for uh, a championship. Yeah. Because what you what you get a lot of is... Uh, Everyone gets to eat an RKO. Everyone gets to eat a machka kick. And, you know, Bobby Roode hits a spine buster on pretty much everyone. You know, there's like, yeah, everyone just gets to hit and, their signature four times and then they make a finish happen. Yeah. I mean, the only way a fatal four way for like, um, can really work for a, like a U.S. title match you kind of need like some runner or some kind of like some kind of like extra story part of it. Like there needs to be some kind of maybe special beef in between the four, or there needs to be like some kind of like secret motive that someone has in it that kind of, you know, gives the, gives the match a through line or gives the match like an, like a beats to me. Um, because when, and it's just for for a US title match, then it can't be like too long because then it's like this is not a, a world title. So it has to be like a short match where everyone just kinda hits their finishers and we call it a day. And I'm like, that doesn't really that doesn't really sing well. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, gave this a two and a half. Uh because it mostly like two and a half falls right in the middle of my scale. I don't, you know. And like you said, there's nothing bad that happens. There's nothing bad about this match. It just is nothing great, you know? Yeah. It just doesn't move the needle. Yeah, I didn't didn't dislike it in the sense that I, like, there were things that just, like, were so terrible with it. I was just more like, this match is just kind of boring. Feels like a little fillery. Um, But, I mean... It's nothing too terrible. It's nothing terrible. It's fine. Yeah. And then uh, the finish is Jinder Mahal hits a Kalis on Rusev and then gets the pin. So Or a Kalas, sorry. Uh, I can't read yeah. my writing here. Um, it's gets the pin. So, I mean, he hits his finisher. Like, it's, you know. I And I'd, I don't know if Rusev was the right one to take that pin. I, I think Vince would tell you he was. I think Rusev was so over that he shouldn't have. I think you could have. Yeah. I think both Bobby Roode or Randy Orton wouldn't have. It wouldn't have hurt them, either of them to take this pen instead of Rusev. Whereas you could have, you know, you could have continued this feud based. You know, there's just, there's so many ways you could have gone without having Rusev eat the pen here is that's my biggest gripe. I think. Yeah, I see that. Um, Next, we have a special thanks to Kid Rock. So, thanks, Kid Rock. WWE Hall of Famer Kid Rock? Yeah, now WWE Hall of Famer Kid Rock. Then we get a video package for (laughs) Angle and 2024 U.S. President Kid Rock. (laughs) Don't don't say it. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> for speaking 
I'm sorry for being a prophet. It's always it doesn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well. I'm right. <laughs> is what you're saying. Uh, we we yeah. get a video package for uh, Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Uh, most of this video package, other than uh, ex- than just giving you the story, is explaining why Stephanie McMahon will get any offense in against Ronda Rousey. Is they they're trying really hard yeah. to be like. <laughs> the WWE isn't like the UFC and <laughs> this is the business yeah. that Stephanie's my, grown up with her whole my life. Favorite line, my favorite line in the package is when Stephanie's like, if anything, R- Ronda should be scared of me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, relax. No, <laughs> what this should have been the whole time, the, this whole time, it should have been Ronda Rousey versus triple H. They shouldn't have been afraid to do a intergender match at mania. Because oh, the best 100%. parts of this match are anytime Ronda Rousey is beating up Triple H. Yeah. When he does when she does the punches fury and he's just like he's just convulsing. In the <laughs> like, oh god. Yeah. He's just like, oh no, oh stop, stop, stop. Oh. Um I actually really like this match though. Uh first thing I will say though is they still haven't sped up Triple H's motorcycle, and now there's two of them and Stephanie's riding one. They still move embarrassingly yeah. slow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I appreciate um, I also appreciate that Steph tried to do the Triple H spit thing, but didn't quite do it right. <laughs> yeah, that was it was cute. Um and you know, she went for it. And as she should have. As she should have. No, yeah, yeah. I would have been upset if she didn't do it. Uh Man, are you ready for a, a vaccinated world where we're not worried when Triple H spits? That's <laughs> we're just like <laughs> he does it through his face mask, just gets his face all wet. See, guys, they work. I'm soaked, and you aren't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh god, this is gross. I've been doing this this whole time. <laughs> I can taste everything I've eaten today. This is awful. <laughs> Uh, oh man, I should have flossed this morning. How I didn't think I had lentils today. <laughs> Just dislodged <laughs> a bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, then we get you know Kurt Angle with the you suck chance, but perfect this time he likes them. He, yeah, and then uh, WWE pays the big bucks to get uh, Ronda Rousey a real song for her entrance. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and the Rowdy Rowdy Piper yeah, uh, like which is awesome. kind of aesthetic. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's cool. Um, the Rowdy Ronda name was an approved and blessed uh, name given to her by Piper, so it's, you know, it's all good. I think it's his, one of his kids or maybe one of his grandkids that gave her the jacket too, so it's all approved. It's not, you know spitting on his grave or anything like that. Like it's, you know, yeah. Uh, trying to think of what anything else before the match starts. I mean, clearly she's getting that CM Punk money where you can get an eighties, uh, song for your, uh, walkout instead of a, a CFOs produced track. Like that's, Oh man. What, what a heel move it would have been 
If instead of coming out of bad reputation, she came out to cult of personality. Oh, <laughs> that crowd would have turned on her so. Or they would have been. Fast. Yeah, they, the pop if if they ha- if it had, if all the lights had gone out and you just hear and everyone's just like and it just and Ronda Rousey was Rousey and it's like oh oh no. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I the heat. The whenever whenever it happens that CM whenever WWE puts together the billion dollars or whatever that Punk wants to come back, uh, the pop when that music hits is gonna be incredible. <laughs> It'll be insane. Um. Um, yeah, I'm sense. glad we both we both believe it's gonna happen because I because it'll happen. I I think sooner rather than later, uh, just based on some some chattering, some some. Uh, <laughs> some, uh, some there some, better not be some straight edge hands on that poster, Robbie. I swear. I I am I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I will say he tweeted about having to quarantine for something uh, about 14 days before another day. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. Uh, so. Anyway, I, I will say I really, I like this match. I think it's a really well-told story, which is, once again, what Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are best for in WrestleManias at this point. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I remember this even being a, like, even though I was not following wrestling at the time, I remember this being a huge moment and knowing it was happening. Like this is, this is why I know the names, Kurt, why I knew the names, Kurt Angle and triple H before like really diving into wrestling. I was like, Oh, I know those guys. They were involved in the Rousey thing when she first signed, like, yeah, this I mean, was, I probably knew them. This was strange I probably because heard those names before, but like, that was why they were like, I was like, oh, name recognition here, like. So yeah, uh, this was uh, this was one of those matches. Or Rousey was one of those people who, like, when like this was coming up, people would like tell me be like, so is Rousey going to be at WrestleMania for real? Or like, yeah, people would be like, hey, I heard Rousey's in WWE. Is that right? And I would be like, yeah gonna have a match um it should be cool or whatever like it it's the thing that you know everyone was pretty interested in regardless if you were into wrestling or not yeah i remember how much flack she got for doing this though like because she had come off her first like she had come off two pretty big losses in the ufc and then they were like oh she couldn't cut it anymore so she went to the fake stuff and i was like and now i'm like you know even just like seeing interviews with her now you're like it seems like she's just always enjoyed wrestling and had the opportunity to make some money like not you know it's not i don't think it was a slight against the ufc or anything i think she just realized her days as an action as an mma fighter were behind her like but that her you know yeah totally she wasn't it wasn't like she needed to stop being an athlete you know there's yeah totally i've I've never, you know, cared one way or the other how like how someone wants to go or whatever. Um, 
So when R- Ronda Rousey was going to be in WWE, I was like, oh, sick. That's cool. Like, yeah. she's going to, like, I'm sure she'll be, in, like, good for the women's division, and it'll be pretty fun, I imagine. Um, yeah. And it was even better when she turned heel. That was. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the key here. Uh, so, I mean, I could go through this whole match, but there's so much that happens and so many, you know, this person pulls a tricky move and suddenly the momentum shifts and maybe it doesn't. But I will say the biggest things are I was very worried at the beginning that this whole match was going to happen and Steph was never going to get into the ring and let Ronda <laughs> actually hit her. I was, I was yeah. like, for a while I was like, I was like, is this mostly going to be a Triple H and Kurt Angle match? Like, would this have just, if Ronda Rousey hadn't signed, would they have just booked Triple H versus Kurt Angle? Like, <laughs> no, my my biggest fear was I was like, is this just going to be a squash match of like, oh, Rousey's just going to break her arm and it's going to be over? <laughs> like, that I was, was like, like it's, once I was like, is it going to be fun or is it just going to be like, all right, let's show that Ronda Rousey's in, res- in wrestling now or whatever? Yeah. Once, so that once was my biggest got, fear. So after going, I was like, I stopped worrying that it was going to be a squash, but then my other fear yeah, kicked yeah, in, which same. was, what? Just, oh, they aren't <laughs> going to let, like, you know, was, there was a part of it was like, oh, what was, you know, was Steph, like, secretly pregnant with, like, their, like, fourth kid or whatever, and they weren't actually going to let her <laughs> in the ring at all? <laughs> you know, I was, I was, like, trying yeah. to think of time, I was, like, trying to remember their kids' ages without, like, <laughs> looking at the length of the match or anything like that. I was, like... Because especially with these newer ones, uh, and ones where, like, not all the finishes are, like, you know, out there, out there. Like, you know, there's there are historic WrestleManias where, like, you can't not know the finishes. I try not to, like, look up the match links and the finishes to the more recent ones if I can. You know, so I was, I was truly like, yeah. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was like, I know... For sure that there's no way that Triple H and Stephanie win this, but I was like, I, I legitimately was like, this could just be ninety percent Kurt Angle. Like, there. <laughs> uh, Steph does hit a, yeah. a really I mean, nice DDT at one point. That's I will give. Oh that. yeah, um, this is also like you know under the radar like Kurt Angle's first WrestleMania match and like. It's like the, like twenty two or twenty one or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like you know not you know obviously Rousey's the big name and like the big draw, but that was the low key part of it of like oh shit, Kurt Angle's back in WrestleMania. Yeah, Angle hits three amigos, which is great. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Always uh, love that. And then I mean, they really they have a lot of fun with it. They do, you know. Uh, of course, we talked, the, about, we talked already about uh, Ronda Rousey hitting Triple H with uh, with a flurry of strikes, but like Stephanie gets an ankle lock, <laughs> like they 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 have a lot of fun yeah. with it. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's fun. Uh, um, they also so like right. the crowd is losing it. Like, they love this match. Which yeah, is, which also makes it really fun. Which they're they're telling a great story. They they do a great job with it. I am surprised yeah. that this one ends up smack dab in the middle of the card. I thought this, with how big of an attraction Rousey is, I thought this could have gone up higher. This definitely could have taken the spot of the Raw Tag Team Championship. Like, 
Yeah, I think in general, like, even, uh, like, I don't know, this, you, I think you're right that just generally it feels like it could have been higher for some reason. Um, yeah, uh, it's, even I mean, with like the Rousey mystique out of it, but like just the names and like the people involved and like, uh, like just having Kurt Angle and Triple H and Steph, like you think it would just be higher just for that sense. But I guess maybe they want, maybe they wanted to space out like Stephanie McMahon and Shane McMahon together or something. Maybe, but also you could have just swapped those two. <laughs> like, although you're hedging <laughs> your bets there with Daniel Bryan's return to the ring, right? Because that's the marquee. Yeah. The marquee for that match is Daniel Bryan's getting back in the ring. The marquee for this one is clear is uh, Kurt Angle Rousey. and Rousey are getting in the ring for the first time or returning to a WWE ring for you know, like there yeah. there's reasons to swap those two or not. This is where it ended up. I don't know. I mean, and I will say there is something about that uh, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan match that is, you know, building up newer stars like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, that there's a part of me that appreciates it regardless, (laughs) you know? So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the storytelling in this match is really good. You know, it's got all the classic WrestleMania tropes, you know, people are kicking out of pedigrees or countering them and, you know, the straps come off towards the end, and that signals the last third of the match, essentially. Uh, And then, of course, uh, Ronda Rousey does what she uh, had been saying she was going to do, and she breaks Stephanie's arm, pretty much. I I don't know where where that ended up later, but uh, she gets her to tap in a pretty brutal arm bar at the end. And... uh, Yep. And... I was the, it ends the, ex, like everyone ends pretty satisfying. Yeah, the counter Rousey countering a pedigree into the armbar was fantastic. There were some really good uh, sw- smooth cool. transitions in this match. And uh, yeah, oh that. Speaking of that, going back because I just saw my note, uh, Ronda Rousey countering the power bomb into like a Hurricane Rana with and then into an armbar. On on Triple H, oh yeah, yeah, some just fantastic and kudos to Hunter for being willing to do that. You know, it's not you know. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know many other guys of his stature that would, uh, let you know Ronda Rousey do that to them for fear of looking weak. You know, because of weird yeah. sexism and public perception and everything. You know. Like, yeah, no, I agree. That was very cool. Like, um, you know, Brock <laughs> Lesnar wouldn't have done this is like the, the best. No, like, no, no, yeah. No, 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 no. And uh, Dana um, White's there. I, also the I don't know how much they enjoyed, paid Dana White to be there. For yeah. One second. I enjoyed Ronda Rousey telling a uh, triple H I'm going to continue beating on your wife. Okay. Like yes, that got mic'd up at one point and I was like, Oh my goodness. This sounds so extreme. It was good. I really liked it. I gave it a 4.5. Yeah, I would say that um, I I enjoy this match a lot. I wouldn't... Um, if I were to do ratings, I would rate it a little bit lower than that, but I think it's very fun, and I think 
that it like the crowd buying into it like really seals it to be like a good time for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I mean, agree I, with the story. The story's the story's solid in it. So yeah. um, I just thought it's a good time uh, roll, it, Phoenix. It's know? a good. It's a good one. I like yeah. the good time roll, and I you know, go, I just I do what my heart says is right. Listen, so, Robbie, I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. Let's talk about the SmackDown Tag Team Championships uh, because we get a – that's pretty much uh, – my, my, my literal note about that last match at the end is this had no right to be as good as it was. was and yes, I, I, think yeah, that's, that's I think that's where I landed on it is it was engrossing. I know, and, and that makes sense. Better than I was worried it was going to be, you know. Yeah, um, and that's fair. Yeah, and then we get a tap-out ad and then – Ah, WrestleMania! Don't you dare be sour! And uh, we got we got little people dressed as pancakes. It's it's, it's a fantasy. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a world of magic, and we're just living in it. Um, yeah, gotta love those Mardi Gras flapjacks. Yes. Uh, the champs here <laughs> also come out second in a uh, triple threat. Uh, much like Which the Miz is, coming yeah, out second. Why? why do they keep doing this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I understand having the New Day come out first. They they set up the expectations. And I get them wanting to hype the Bludgeon Brothers because, I mean, they were just recently repackaged as the Bludgeon Brothers before this, right? This was Because yes. they had been Wyatt family and then... Kind of, I think they kind of took some time, a couple weeks off after Bray was uh, definitely gone for a bit, and then it just, they were repackaged as the Bludgeon Brothers, and here they are. Um, so I mean, this this match is pretty quick altogether. I do like that Kofi hits Trouble in Paradise super early. You know, I think that the idea of you know, the New Day don't often go for, like, those quick wins like that. So when you see, you know, someone just, you know, whether it's Kofi hitting Trouble in Paradise or Big E hitting a big ending, like, first thing, you're like, oh, I like that they mean business right now. They're not going to play. They're not going to play around with it. But. Yeah. Um, most of this is just a showcase for Harper and Rowan to just destroy everyone. Uh, I mean, Luke Harper. Which they do. Yeah, he he eats several super kicks from Jimmy Uso, and uh, he kicks out of an Uso splash. Like there's, uh, there's 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 a lot. This match is quick but fun. I think it's a good cool down for after this. You know, the very story heavy, very uh, intense match before it. I think this was. I think this yeah. was a good one. You know to. You advance yeah. the story that's going they, on on SmackDown, the, and you uh, showcase your new shiny new toy. You know, yeah. And I think um, uh, it was smart, you know, having you know these three um, tag teams together. I mean, obviously, you want the Bludgeon Brothers in this because you're setting them up to be champions. But it was nice adding in, I think, the New Day as well to kind of have like uh, 
a, a solid mix and a solid like pace of a lot of really good tag teams. Um, and, you know, just give a lot of uh, like heart and I guess kind of energy into, because I think one thing that is bad about cooldown matches, sometimes it can like kill the energy and kill the vibe. Yeah. But I think this one does a good job of like, Bringing it down, but us keeping a, keeping everything still entertaining and everything still really energetic too. And I think the New Day do that, and I think the Usos do that, and then Blood Brothers especially do it because they're just like monsters, like throughout this whole match too. So it's it's a good one. Yeah, I give it a three. Um, but there's not too much left to talk about about that one. I'm gonna say let's take a quick break and cool down for ourselves. And we'll be right back. Nice. And we're back. Um, So, yeah, where we left off, the Bludgeon Brothers, uh, they hit a huge uh, powerbomb on Kofi from the top rope, and Harper gets the pin. I don't think, I I just didn't say the finish on that one, so I was going to get that in there. Then it's time for an ad for the WWE Network, then an ad for the Greatest Royal Rumble. And then John Cena makes his entrance. Uh, And now it's time for the lengthy set piece that is John Cena versus The Undertaker, uh, which I will call this (laughs) entire thing because I refuse to separate the Elias bit from the rest of it because the Elias bit is absolutely a part of it. Um, Oh, 100%. This, but it's it's an, it's not another bit. It's not a separate match. This is all John Cena versus The Undertaker. Uh, this was all written. And I'm only saying that because I know that the whiteboard or whatever it is that they were mapping these matches out on has this all written as John Cena versus Undertaker. Doesn't matter. There's not a separate board for John Cena versus Elias. You know? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, they're they're totally writing it as that. And you could tell, like... They're, you know, constructing it like, oh, but what if we fake it out and we add someone who fakes? It? Oh, it could be Elias, or what? And it's yeah. it's it's all part of it. It's not like one. It's not like different ideas. Uh, so my notes are: uh, ref runs out to the ring, and Cena isn't happy. Everyone's going Undertaker, doing that stuff. Uh, Cena starts to leave the ring. He's disappointed. The lights go down. Everyone pops. And what is it? Hello, I am Elias. It's me. WWE stands for Walk with Elias. With his his lisp that once you notice it, you can never not notice it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Um, Elias. He also he also screws it up. He hits the he hits the guitar at first, and then strums it. Like you can hear the guitar notes happened before he actually does the full strum and it's like really <laughs> you screwed that up he was nervous it was it's his first wrestlemania right i guess so and he's pretending to be undertaker so i guess he's on edge undertaker undertaker didn't know this was happening he was getting ready and he was like he like looks he's like what are you doing kid <laughs> he's like uh, <laughs> oh no i hit my guitar first <laughs> Uh, oh, shit. Fuck. Uh. It would have been great if they had somehow been able to figure out exactly what, like, the chord that would have emulated the bell toll best would have been <laughs> to have somehow done it 
where his guitar strum sounded slightly off from the Undertaker. But you know, he just yeah, did it. where it's like confusing of like, oh, what was that? It no, that was a guitar. But no, he just does his normal. I think it's a G chord or something. Uh, not that's really nitpicking. Yeah. Um. And then you know Elias, you know, sings a song. He does his bullshit and it's you know, great. Makes fun of Cena. Yeah, it's fun. Cena kicks him, like kicks his ass a little bit, and five knuckle shuffle. AA. Uh, yeah. Crowd's still chanting for the Undertaker. And then he, <laughs> yeah, then he walks out really sad because he's yeah. like, "Oh, that was an Undertaker." It's, it's the saddest thing when he's standing there and his, you know, and they let it sit for a while, and then they just let his, and then they're like, "They're like, all right, we've all sat in it long enough. Just play his music, <laughs> just play Cena's music, so that he can leave." And yeah. Then lights go out again. Oop, there's a spotlight in the ring. Taker's gear is in the ring like it was when he left last WrestleMania. Lightning! The worst looking lightning <laughs> effect I've ever seen. And Taker's gear is yeah, gone. It's like, oh. <laughs> and then Taker gets his. This is just as bad as I remember. In the middle of this whole thing, we then have the ta- we then have a full Undertaker entrance. Uh, yeah. This this whole thing and takes like, forever. Oh my god! This whole thing takes forever. It does, for a and two it minute also, squash match. Yeah, and like no one. I mean, I shouldn't say no one because people obviously love the Undertaker, but like a lot of people are just like, we sh- should do this to begin with. Yeah, but, but since we're doing it, why does it have to take so long? I will tell you, this whole thing very much rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, it's a two minutes and forty five seconds of actual action between the two of them. Uh, but I mean, you get, you get all the things you, you want. Uh, I will say take her sitting up while, uh, John's getting, while John Cena's getting ready for that five knuckle shuffle is fun. But then yeah, I mean, John reacts in a funny way, but then it's, it's chokeslam tombstone. The match is over. The, my note at yeah. the end is, I'm mostly disappointed because Cena versus Undertaker at WrestleMania could have been a great match even five or six years earlier, you know? Yeah. Like, and it's a shame that we only get one of these and it's a two, it's a less than three minute squash match to bring back. And it's like, Ooh, to bring, to bring back the Undertaker, when he doesn't need to come back, you know, to bring the Undertaker specifically only to sell more tickets of and subscribers of like, ooh, the Undertaker is going to be at WrestleMania, yeah, but he's going to be there for like two minutes and totally half-assed it the whole way through, yeah. And it's, I, I, I wrote at the end here that I think I would have preferred for this match to have been the great what if instead of what we got. I would have I would have preferred to yeah, for us to say years from now, oh man, what if the Undertaker had faced John Cena at WrestleMania? And then now we have our answer, which is it fucking sucked. It <laughs> Yeah. I gave this was... a one point five. I, I was not I was not happy <laughs> I... with the bullshit beforehand. I was not happy with the squash match. 
It all it all just I uh, Yeah, I gave this my sad face of the night. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh it was sad. Yeah, I don't want to give it any more time than it needs. Uh we've already spent too much time on it. We spent longer <laughs> yeah. talking about it than the match. The match actually happened. Yeah. Let's uh, talk let's talk about this. Yeah, okay, but then we get the Hall of Fame. Yeah, let's talk about this actually for the most part pretty good Hall of Fame class. We got Mark Henry. Yeah, it's good with one exception that we'll get in, that we've already talked about. But yeah, besides I that, can't I can't good. even blame them for the celebrity wing of the WWE. Because I want to talk about how deserving Mark Henry, Hillbilly Jim, Ivory, Jeff Jarrett, the Dudley Boys, and Goldberg are of being in the WWE Hall of Fame. You know, I think I think Goldberg yeah. gets a bad rap now because he just shows up and takes world titles off of younger stars, which uh, is its own separate point. But even just his undefeated streak in WCW is enough to warrant a, a Hall of Fame ring. Well, so. I was gonna say. Because I mean, it's it is um, is it is it's not a wrestling hall of fame. It's a WWE hall of fame, right? It is or a, is it a wrestling hall? It is the WWE hall of fame. There is a separate wrestling yeah. hall of fame that does exist. Yeah, I was gonna say that of these people, arguably Goldberg is the least deserving of the WWE hall of fame. Oh aside, yeah, like from aside from everyone else, because at the time his WWE career was very small and very forgettable. Um, his Noticeable, his notable stuff was in WCW. I will give it. I so, will give him I, WWE Hall of Fame because they own WCW. And I, think, he, I that's you know that's true, but they also so you generally don't look towards like WCW like card stuff, and then especially when they show like packages or whatever, they don't ever talk about people's like WCW past that much. Yeah. The only people um, that that ever so, do get WCW credit for what they did. It's Goldberg because the streak is so important. It's the NWO, and it's uh, Booker T because his whole gimmick was he was the five time, five time, five time WCW World Heavyweight Champion. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And so I guess Bischoff. Bischoff. You, you can't know, talk about Bischoff without the... WCW. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. I just remember it being pretty contentious and controversial that Goldberg was in it because I remember a lot of people being like what did he do with the WWE again and then you know now I mean it, it's kind of a moot point because he's had this whole other career um, on, yeah. in like getting championships and stuff that has you know been very mixed um, yes. but uh, but now you can't say even the least, argue, you but, can't even argue it about, about it now because <laughs> he's a what five time yeah. world champion and at least five-time world champion. In WWE? Yeah. 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 At, at this point, it's like, of course. But yeah. at the time, it was like, um, does he, does, should he be in it? I don't know. Um, Let's see. Let me, but let me, yeah, it's a great class. It class. is. Uh, the Dudleys absolutely deserve it. The one I'm surprised about is uh, Jarrett. You know, I think his, just mostly because I didn't think it would ever happen. You know? Because he started TNA. That's fair. So the, yeah, I guess he's he's a three time he's a three time world champion in WWE. Still, people with yeah. less have gotten more. <laughs> you know, have, yeah, people yeah, with less fair. have gotten. I think all. it would have just been. 
it would have just been real weird. And I mean, you know, the WWE is known for, you know, having weird, weird in like emissions, but it's, you know, I don't think they're scared that much of TNA, if that makes yeah. sense. So I, th- oh, yeah. I, guess I would, I would agree. Just accepted it. They just accepted. I really would just think it would be because he started it because he started the competition, not because of his, if he had just wrestled for him for a couple of years, I don't think they would give two shits. I would just, I would wonder yeah. if, about the, uh, getting pissed at, uh, w, at WWE after they bought WCW and just running off and creating your own promotion. If that would have kept them from doing it. Oh, we also have a uh, Jerry JJ Robertson who got the warrior award. Good for him. Little dancing kid. Yeah. He seemed happy. That's cool. Let's see. I don't yeah, have anything hates else. the miss though. Fuck that guy. Yeah, that was good. That was, <laughs> that was fun. Got to meet my favorites. My least favorite, the Miz. It's like poor the poor the Miz. He seems like a nice dude outside of kayfabe, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then okay. we get a Daniel Bryan, Shane, Sammy, and KO package. Uh, that just explains how we got to where we were. Uh, then we have the Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, if Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win, they will be rehired. Uh, if, uh, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan win, uh, they have to fuck off till they get another opportunity. That's, that's what that yeah. is. This is one of those, this is one of those stipulations where you're like, should we just not have a stipulation? Yeah, should <laughs> Why did they need to be fired beforehand? Like, <laughs> is anything they did? Yeah. What if this was just a match? Yeah. Yeah. And, or to make it even easier, what if this was a match to like, if they lose, they lose their jobs or whatever. Like why fire yeah. them a week ago just to have a rehiring match? Like this could just be a match for their jobs or this could just be a match and no one would care. Yeah. Also, yeah, why have this if you know you're going to have to have Daniel Bryan win his first match back? Like, and is there is there anything that they've yeah. done in this in the lead up to this match that's any worse than something Triple H did in kayfabe 20 years before? Like, when it comes to <laughs> no assaulting, you know, is it is there anything worse than Stone Cold did to McMahon? You know, like. If the issue is they're doing it to the boss, to the authority, like Stone Cold should have been fired a million times for uh, giving stunners to Vince, and Triple H should have been fired for yeah. drugging and uh, marrying Stephanie without her consent. You know? Yeah. This the big thing about this one is they like screwed with Shane's match, his Hell in a Cell match, and it's like that happens all of the time in so so many wrestling matches. Where a wrestler will screw someone out of a win, like how is that a fireable offense? Yeah, and then there's a lot, and then it's like, and also they hurt him so bad that he has. Uh, I don't even remember what he went to the hospital for, but you're like, this isn't good. He shouldn't be here. <laughs> like, and they, I guess they got uh, news sources to even report. I don't know if it. He may have really been hospitalized for some. For what was he hospitalized for? I'm trying to remember now. Uh, 
but hold on. I'm looking. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. I'm looking. You talk about this match before I I get uh, there. Okay. So um I thought this match was pretty decent. I would say that um you know, obviously I enjoy pretty everyone involved in this. Although I have some, you know, some mixed feelings in general about Kevin Owens, but I re- I know he's a good wrestler. Um uh this was oh, here we go. I remember this at the time he had oh, diverticulitis and a hernia in his stomach, and you're like, he should not be here at all. If no, either either it's it was kayfabe, and they really convinced a lot of news sites to carry it, or or Vince made his son at his already old. You know, he's not a young guy anymore. Wrestle with diverticulitis and a herniated stomach, like. <laughs> that's not which, good either way would you yeah which I wouldn't put either sounds past believable still that Vince would make him do that yeah I wouldn't put them disseminating disinformation or forcing someone to wrestle that hurt so uh, but what you're saying yeah it's it's uh, it's got some good spots in it uh, I think Kevin Owens is better as a heel than he is as a face if that makes sense. And I think he pairs really well with Sami Zayn. I think that's a great pairing right there. Yeah. And I think um, one thing they do that's like really fun story wise is they have like Daniel Bryan go to the back. Yeah. Um, just because it, it creates a, like that, that excitement or that like readiness to expect him to show up at some point later. Like you're just like, like oh, they're really teasing us with Daniel Bryan. He's going to show up at some point. Yeah. Um, and then we and then we get it and it's really fun and and it's cool. Um, always love seeing Shane go coast to coast. Yeah, never, never didn't, didn't even need a trash can for on that. Just coast to coast. No, uh, Zane's in the tree of woe. Everything's everything's good there. Uh, yeah, he just had Zane a, hit a great blue thunder yeah. bomb on Shane that he doesn't ever hit anymore, and I I love a blue thunder bomb. So yeah. That was a fun move. Um, but yeah, I mean, KO hitting a frog splash and the pin getting broken up by Daniel Bryan is a great return for the great pop there. Um, trying to see. Oh, there's one point where they really, really uh, play up Shane not being able to get to the corner to tag in. And while it's very over the top, I think it's the drama is done very well. So. I, yeah, I didn't note that, that was. They're just milking it. They're milking the crowd is so ready for Daniel Bryan to be the legal man that they're just milking every excruciating second of it, and I appreciate yeah. it. I, it works because you're like you know that's what the crowd wanted to see was Daniel Bryan returning to fight. So the more they got to like twist that and like tease you and tease you, the more satisfying it is when it happens. Also, Daniel Bryan kicks out after a haluva kick, which is cool. And then we get, yeah. we get the yes kicks. And then running knee into the yes lock is very good for the finish. The So, all in all, I like this. Gave it a 3.5. Because um, for the most part, the wrestling is pretty good. Uh, story is not as engrossing 
as the other McMahon match in this uh, on this card, but mostly because there's a little less shift in momentum, frequent shifts in momentum. Most of the beginning is just Shane getting beat up. So, yeah. So I will I will say there's a little bit more drama in the other one, but overall quality of wrestling might be a little bit better in this. So, yeah. Maybe, maybe I, mean, I was one, being unfair. This one was. Who knows? I think it's okay. I I found this one to be fine. Um, I thought, actually, given the the people in it, I think it could have been even better. Which is maybe where some of that's coming from. Like it feels like slightly disappointing. Not in the sense that it was bad, but only the sense that like it could have been really good. Maybe Shane was working um, half speed. Maybe maybe Vince was making him work hurt. And he couldn't pull out a better match. It's true. I mean, that just lends more credence true. to that theory. Uh, is what I'm saying. Is... Yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you that I think the mixed tag I would put above this. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else happens in this WrestleMania? After this, we get oh, uh, Daniel Bryan goes and he gives his wife Brie Bella a kiss. Nice. Um, then we yeah. get a don't try cool. this at home PSA and an attendance announcement, uh, which I didn't even write down how many people attended. Like 78,000 is what they I kept think, saying. Yeah, I think more than five. Yeah. Um, more than five. <laughs> yeah. I did. <laughs> Look, you just like answered like I I gave a serious answer. You're like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw this headline saying that Shane McMahon <laughs> said he had wanted to buy the UFC in the '90s. So I was like, what? Oh yeah, I knew that. He w- that was one of the big things where like he wanted to do that because he saw it being the next like big kind of wrestling or not wrestling, but like fighting th- promotion thing. And Vince was like, no. That's not gonna. That's not gonna blow up. And then it did. And then everyone was like, "Ooh, I, Shane was right." <laughs> Two words that Vince doesn't like hearing. Um, sorry, I'm just avoiding <laughs> talking about this next match because I, not a fan of it. Uh, mostly because I think both Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss. I don't even want to. Say, I think they're capable of a more complex feud than this. Um, I think the feud is terrible. I think the match is okay. I think the feud is is very bad, though. It's very, very bad, very classic WWE. Yeah. Which is upsetting. And I, I... You know, there's the critique to say about, like... uh, Oh, Nia Jax, she doesn't look like most girls you know or whatever it's like it's proof that you can be any shape and do anything you want and you're like in a company that really doesn't allow that to happen i don't know you know yeah i mean it's it's always such an under uh, like underscoring or undercutting empowerment thing with wwe where it's like oh they uh you know this is this is for everyone out there who's been bullied and and you know seen as 
treated incorrectly, treated wrongly by the way they look. And it's like, yeah, but you do that, WWE. No one else. Yeah. No one else would do that. It's it's you guys doing not, it. If you just made Nia Jax a regular wrestler, no yeah. one would care. Yeah. And it's all, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that they need to bring in non-athletes. There's, you know, like part of their job is to judge people's bodies and, you know. It's it's a it's a whole double edged sword of wrestling kind of thing, but don't act like Nia Jax defied the odds. She you know she's a super stacked, super strong woman that uh, Vince thinks is incredible to watch. You know, like there's he, he thinks she's an attraction, and that's you know for better or for worse, yeah. that's what she does. And that's like yeah. And that's like the the ugly truth of it all. Yeah. Uh I so the champion comes out first here. Not not great. But Mickey James is with her. That is great. That uh, is great. Mickey James is not there for long though. Nope. No, she's not. Was I don't even <laughs> get I mean, I guess it was just long term stuff because Mickey James and Alexa Bliss, especially in those mid 2010s were kind of had a, uh, friendship rivalry thing, I guess. And that's what her involvement well, yeah, was. It was like Mickey, Mickey and Alexa had like a mentor mentee kind of thing where like, like Alexa bliss was like the, the like, you know, rising kind of current star. And then Mickey James was the like, legend partner similar to like a like flair and triple h and evolution sort of thing yeah. did they um, feud over the Nia Jax was, title first I, was that kind of what was i it? don't remember i don't remember them feuding over it but that could just be my bad memory um but i don't remember it being like mickey james and alexa bliss having feuds over the title i thought they had like a partnership and gotcha. then Alexa Bliss won the title. I'm trying to remember who she won. Um, and then, yeah, Nijax, um, yeah, kind of joining the crew a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, the news comes out of like, or whatever the. The, the hidden camera uh, or whatever. The hidden camera, the hidden mic on thing. It was yeah, like, ooh, it, she actually didn't like you. And it, the the classic women's story thing that at this point should have very, very much been gone, but apparently still a thing here. Yeah. I'm okay. So they had a quick little feud over the title at like TLC the year before. And then we're okay. We're friends. Cause yeah, you're talking about Mickey and Alexa, Mickey and Alexa were, and that I rem- yeah. okay I'm okay. I'm remembering this a little bit because that was the one where they had like the uh, masked luchadora woman that kind of, that got involved in a oh, couple other things yeah and it was Mickey James yes it wasn't Mickey James a couple of times like yes I totally forgot about that but yeah that, I was like that I remember seeing something now. I remember catching some of that uh, but it all was I mean it was all leading to this really uh, uh aside from the women's elimination chamber which i think was maybe focus number one uh for wwe at least at the time because this this kind of feels like an afterthought yeah. real quick 
feud to get to Mania after she won the women's after Alexa won the women the first women's elimination chamber. So that may have been feud number one, and then they were like, "Oh, we just did so much for this title. We need to put it somewhere in Mania." And they're like, "Oh, what? Why not right. do?" Why not do a basic uh, body positivity story? <laughs> we'll get the we'll get the, <laughs> we'll get the Twitter points too. Already. Yeah. Why not put Mickey James on the other side of the Piggy James story? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh no! That is what it is. <laughs> In kayfabe, why wouldn't Mickey be it's like, "Hey, Piggy this James. is really not cool," and it it just it damages it. It's really damaging to your psyche. She's going to have to leave and go do several years in TNA before she can really fully recover. <laughs> don't. <laughs> no. I, I don't know why, but apparently in kayfabe, she's like, actually, I'm one of the hot ones now, which means I can just bully people. I can, I won't pay it forward. I'll pay it backward. <laughs> actually, actually, I realized I was hot the whole time. What a surprise. <laughs> Uh, good <laughs> like good job also i'm gonna say um, i'm not a fan of nia jack's theme song it's mostly because yeah uh okay. the lyrics are just it just makes me think of because the lyrics are i'm not like most girls the it's a whole thing you're like oh i'm not like the other girls like that whole meme you're like i yeah i hate this and also i <laughs> I get what they're going for because it's the body positivity thing. It doesn't fit her character. Or at least what she's no. turned into since then. Like, you know, she should have something like Braun Strowman's theme. You know, something like yeah, to show how devastating she is in the ring, you know. Uh, that being no, said. 100%. It makes her feel like emotionally yeah. weak. And it's like, come on. Yeah. Uh. So Naya immediately goes after Mickey James and hits her with a Samoan drop, and Mickey is out. Then she just mm-hmm. kind of ragdolls Bliss all over the place. Uh, Alexa does a good job of uh, targeting the knees and doing some good heel work. Um, yeah, there's also I think a kind of uh, a kind of good sequence where Bliss um, at first tries to do. A, a, I think it's a tornado drop, but can't. And then she tries to do a hurricane Rana, but can't. Um, yeah. Like in the same, the same sequence. But you know, Nia Jax is too strong to let it happen. I thought there was like a good kind of, like, like David Goliath kind of fighting style that was going on, where like a Bliss if, is trying to, but if David was do some kind guy. of offense, but not, but if David was the bad guy, um, uh. Um, but it was, I thought it was like a really nice, like, uh, like small, like fighting, like kind of clash where Bliss is trying to do stuff and Ajax is like too strong to let it happen and stuff. If Jim Ross had been there for commentary, would have told you all about how Alexa Bliss needs to target her vertical base and that would have been, (laughs) take out the legs, (laughs) take out the inches. I think even, I think someone even says that too. I mean, it's but, what everyone yeah. says when anyone faces Nia Jax at this point. Because it's, I mean, it's the smart thing to do when you face someone bigger than you is to get them to the ground. So, I don't... Yeah, which is like, 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, there's a buckle bomb that looks pretty rough, <laughs> from which is a move that Naya is no longer allowed to do. Uh, after hurting yes, several people, that one's pretty nasty. Uh, but she hits a. I I will say there's some good. There's an Alabama slam that Naya hits on Bliss that looks really good. And uh, looks, I mean, it looks like Alexa takes that one like a classic bump. So, I, you know, there are some moves when I watch Nia Jax perform that I'm like, this looks unsafe. And then there are some where I'm like, oh, at least everyone knows how to take a bump. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you can be, you can bump for years. I mean, Undertaker at WrestleMania 30 is a perfect example of that. It It's not about, you know how well prepared you are. Sometimes you just get hit the wrong way. And uh, it would be better if Nia Jax was a little safer when she threw people around. Uh, But the finish is... Uh, Yeah, totally. It's a Samoan drop off the second rope. Uh, I'm even missing the part where she... I don't even remember what she screams at her. Uh, What Nia screams at Alexa at one point. But it's something dumb because she's not a great actress either. <laughs> I gave this a 2.5. As much as I'm being mean to it, it just it was very basic. It got the job done. But it could have been better. Yeah, We had I, a better women's match on the I, card. <laughs> we, have a, we have a very better women's match on the card. Um, I am not... I think the storyline is, you know so annoying and terrible i think the match isn't that bad um but i agree that the fact that this one is um build higher is kind of annoying because the one we have earlier is a lot better yeah plus they could have sent mickey james home earlier you know she yeah she, she was already in the had battle a royal. battle royal she man was in the battle royal she could have gone second match of the night and then gone home be nice to her she's done so much for you yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, we have to have her come out and just get like <laughs> beat she in. To, she has to sit through the uh, Undertaker Elias John Cena bullshit. <laughs> yeah, she had to watch that. She has to sit there and just know she's going to get Samoan dropped on the ground and then uh, taken out by medical staff. Like, yeah. That's she knows that after the battle royal, she's like, "Okay, I have to stay here so I can get some Owen drops in like four hours." Yeah. Uh, then we get an AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura video package, uh, mostly just highlighting their some of their careers before this moment. Really trying to hype up how much of a dream match this is. Um. So Nakamura is a uh, Royal Rumble winner. AJ Styles is the WWE champion, so of course this match is for the WWE championship. Uh, Nakamura has a fantastic entrance, entrance with uh, Nita Strauss on guitar and a whole bunch of yeah, teenagers sick. just playing violins and like three, like a, two drum kits and then like a whole bunch of drummer. Like uh, I don't even know what they're what it's called when it's like strapped to your front, but. Drummers, percussionists, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, a lot of percussion. And then uh, AJ Styles gets some lasers. 
which is also cool. Yeah. Uh, overall, I, I think the pace of this match is pretty good up front. And uh, I don't know what it is about this match. I like a lot of it, but there seems to be just something that is off the whole time. And I don't know if you have any insight onto that, like why this feels just a little bit off the whole time. I I think it is part of it is nerves. Mm -hmm. And then I think part of it is um, just there's, there's, I, there's so much writing on this match because it like really did feel like dream match esque. Um, yeah, for a lot of people, and I think they're trying to, like, do they're trying to really pull that off and kind of get the get that like vibe going, but they're just it doesn't seem like the the right circumstance, if that makes sense. Is yeah, it's kind of what I was I was kind of feeling with it. It's like there's because they're still like on nerves because they're both not like uh like they're. Neither I mean, of them this are. First, yeah. um, Neither of yeah, them have is, really this performed at this level. Uh, they've performed like AJ's done a WrestleMania before, but he's never been the WWE champion at WrestleMania, and Shinsuke Nakamura has never been to WrestleMania. Like, there's, I get, and I get some. Yeah, and like, yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to find the point. Oh, sorry, I was. Oh, <laughs> you sorry, you cut out for. A I second. was just gonna say that. He, Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just they are not used to this this kind of um, huge arena like space, and then there's just so much like mental blockage of like, okay, this is on like this is at WrestleMania, and this is supposed to be like everyone's dream match, so we have to do well or whatever. So they're like, and there's so much of them trying to like pull like kind of put in this like balance and flow and stuff, but it just doesn't, it doesn't create any like actual energy. It just feels like a bunch of people doing like these technical moves over and over. Yeah. I will say, like I said, I think the pat, the pace is really good and I, but I'm trying to pinpoint the point in this match where the crowd goes from being super invested. And that's why they're not like cheering a ton to the point where it's like, Oh, the crowd's not interested anymore. You know? Like there's there's a point yeah. I don't even I would need to like watch it knowing that that was going to happen to like really track it but it's a shame because yeah. I think the match itself is pretty good. I think the technical aspects of it are good. I think Nakamura is a fantastic seller. Uh we get a calf crusher in there which I is I think is a fantastic submission move that's really different from a lot of other stuff that we see and yeah AJ hits a really good gut buster. Yeah, which I AJ thought hits was a really good sick. gut buster. We see a landslide from Nakamura, which you don't see a lot of him doing. You don't see him do it a lot in the WWE. Uh, and I will say the finish itself, the reversing the Kinshasa into the Styles Clash, was a really smart move, and it was a really good way to fake out the finish. There's yeah. a lot to like in you here, know, and it just it doesn't all work. Which sucks. You know what I. You know what I think it could have been. Um, if you're talking about that moment that you're saying, 
mm-hmm. there's a moment when um, Nagamura first hits the Kinshasa and it feels like he's going to win. And like the crowd even does the like, like counts with the, with the ref, like one, two. Um, and then AJ kicks out. And it really, like, in the flow of a match, you're like, oh, I think Shinsuke was, should have won there. And then AJ kicks out. And I think there's, like, this deflation of, like, oh, AJ's going to win. Uh, so Shinsuke's not going to get be champion. And then there might be some, like, pent-up feelings of, like, we just saw Asuka lose her streak. And uh, now it feels like the momentum's going to shift to AJ Styles winning. And then there's just this kind of, like, but like weird vibe of like oh yeah. so like none of our favorites have, are gonna win tonight yeah, and they just keep hitting their moves that they're supposed to like I, I get I can see what you're saying uh, yeah but hey at the end of it we get a, a WrestleMania heel turn uh because Shinsuke goes for that nice little sportsmanship thing he's gonna hand the title to AJ and then he hits him with a low blow and starts beating him up. And Mike Kyoto does not seem yeah. concerned at all at first. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like... He, like, oh, wanders over. Oh, wait, I'm the ref. Oh, no. <laughs> it's it. I will say, um, some of the beatdown... The, beat crowd, down, the crowd reacts pretty hard to that. Yeah. Um, that, like, I think enlivens them, because they're like, oh, heal Nakamura. Yeah, they're, and they're like that, and they, they do the, like, obligatory boo. Because they're like, oh, we yeah, we're going to mark out for this, you know? Yeah. The funniest thing though is I think Nakamura is pissed that the crowd was not reacting well during the match because he he half asses some of his uh, beat down of AJ. He's like, I'll just kind of kick him, just kind of yeah, <laughs> just kick him a bunch. Which to be fair, uh, I'd be pissed too if I had had the kind of run I had had in Japan and then NXT and then come up to have this kind of reaction at my first WrestleMania. You know. He's he's brought down the house at the Tokyo Dome. Like there's, you know, yeah. He knows that. Oh no, yeah, not, I think it was definitely some part of it. Yeah. I think there could also be some like internal like upset where like you're just like oh I maybe didn't you know perform as well as I could have because the crowd wasn't in it or like you're saying he's actually just mad at the crowd and thinks you performed really well. Um, I mean, I, I think it's from what I can tell from most. Unless you just really blow it, I don't think most wrestlers under know in the moment how they did until they watch it back. And I'll, I'll, the only reason I say that is because you watch, like, I was w- watching the Undertaker documentary. Like, he's he will, he'll leave a WrestleMania satisfied that that's the end of his career, and then he watches it back, and he's like, that's not a good match to end on. You know, you're like... Yeah. You're like, you were totally happy with it when you walked backstage. Like... So I, I think there's not, and I, if it happens to someone like The Undertaker, I can't imagine that it's, like, very different for younger guys, too, you know? So yeah, that's, that's true. That's my, that's total inference, me totally plastering on The Undertaker's mindset to someone who has totally had a, a different experience his entire life. So who knows? But hey, he gets a Kinshasa on the outside, too. Um... Let's get through these last two matches. We, yeah, uh, yeah. We get a recap of the kickoff show. If you want a recap of the kickoff show, start this episode over. We'll wait. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Mania Moments with Robbie. 
<laughs> we just redo the, the intro. Hold on. Hey guys, welcome. I replayed the theme music there for <laughs> anyone who doesn't know what our theme music yeah. sounds like. Uh, yeah. So that would be such a funny but upsetting bit to just re like restart two hours the podcast. In, two hours into the podcast, restart it. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, I gotta catch I gotta fast forward all the way back because they did a stupid bit. That's the uh uh buying shit tons of GameStop stock of uh podcasting right there. What a what a troll. What hey. a what an epic move that's totally not going to harm uh regular people and not the intended target. You know. Yeah, which is not going to land at all. And people are going to be very upset at us for it. I'm glad this comes out tomorrow, not like two weeks from now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the bar's on a Mardi Gras float. Uh, the, that's cool. Fun. I like that. Uh, yeah. But they've already been introduced, and then their walkout music happens. I. My only guess is that uh, Seamus has it in his contract that he can't walk out without his music or something because that felt weird to like, hey, they've pretty much entered and now we're going to play the bar's theme. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It just felt yeah, it doesn't make sense that they do that, but I guess. And this is, I have labeled as the bar versus Braun Strowman and huh? For the Raw Tag Team Championship. Uh, <laughs> and who? Uh, I, that's that's how you pronounce three question marks in a row, right? Yeah. The, okay, good. Uh, so Strowman comes out. He doesn't um, have a partner. He throws the Mardi Gras float off the stage because he's a monster among men. Uh, and that part is genuinely really cool and yes. fun. Yes, I, I miss Braun throwing vehicles. Uh, I'm glad he might go back to that. Uh, then uh, we get to the ring. They introduce the bar, and then Braun takes the mic, and he's like, my partner isn't anyone in the back. It's one of you. And like a weird bit that like Ooh, feels... <laughs> it feels like it fits in like a a show at Walt Disney world or something like that's who's going to yeah. save Mickey mouse. Well, it's not going to be any one of us. It's got to be one of you. Like <laughs> that's, like, that's oh, how really it may just be Mickey mouse. <laughs> so this is so dumb. It's my note. I will say, uh, the person Braun yeah. should have actually, picked... I have my note that says wrestling is so stupid. LOL. Uh, I have a note here that, uh, Braun should have actually picked the drunk dude who followed him around and was really trying to convince him to let him be his partner. Yeah. I, that guy is WrestleMania MVP. That's fuck Shawn oh, Michaels. Yeah. That's no, Mr. WrestleMania. Guy, that's <laughs> I. I think the guy that's MVP of of WrestleMania comes up a little bit later. Oh, who are you talking? Oh, I. I yes. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, love Corey Graves on commentary, uh, who makes some reference to the fact that he's he was a former tag team champion, which he was uh, in NXT. And then uh, 
Coachman, and then John the Coachman's like, that's not impressive. I was a tag team champ. And, his, and Corey Graves retorted, yeah, and Michael Cole is undefeated at WrestleMania. Which is, <laughs> I just, I, just I, I don't know why I laughed at that, but I had to stop and laugh at it. <laughs> yeah. Right down that sequence. <laughs> it was a pretty good moment. Uh, cool. So we're introduced to Nicholas. Uh, he looks like he gets bullied. Um, <laughs> I may, I may be biased because I knew what happened. I know what happens and I knew it was going to happen. And I know that Nicholas isn't just a fan that he is like one of the writers or producers. Yeah. Kids. And you're like, I thought, I thought it was like a ref's kid. It's it's someone who's involved backstage. It's their kid. But and there's a part of me that's like I get why they did that in case like some you know just in case like something happened and you don't want someone else's kid to like run into the ring and accidentally get caught under a Braun Strowman power slam. There's there's liability issues. But also Yeah. I think you look at those liability issues and you go, yeah, maybe we should just choose someone to be his partner then. (laughs) Maybe we should just choose a wrestler. Hell, bring, you know, have him team up with some legend. Have him, you know, have Kid Rock show up. I don't, there are other, I mean, that's just as dumb, but like, you know, if he, if he had had shown up and been like, oh, my, my, Teammates Goldberg, you know, like that would have popped the crowd just as much, you know, <laughs> like there's, I, yeah, probably more so. I mean, it was more just like, what? There's a kid. Um, I don't know. Watching it then I hated it and watching it now. I was like, I didn't hate it. I was more just like, why did we do this? this? Like, couldn't this, like, couldn't this just been a, like a handicap match or something? Like it should have been. That's. It should have been. He should have brought really out a legend, or he should have been anybody. a handy. yeah. It just takes the belts yeah. off of the bar for some reason. Like yeah, it just makes Nicholas the youngest champion in wrestling history, which is like, I mean, I guess like does that is that cool? I guess. And it's something they're never going to yeah. be able to fix. <laughs> it's something. Yeah. That it's something that they're not going to be able to actually prop up like a young, really talented, like 18 year old who can sign off for himself and wrestle for himself and, you know, or herself. And they can't, they can no longer be the youngest champion ever. Like, because now yeah, you're going to have to be exactly. younger than it, 10. It, to, yeah. Know. It's, yeah. It'll well, be uh, after that. It's a squash match. And- John Cena and his and his newborn. Yeah. Versus. <laughs> I hope it's versus Braun Strowman and Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way to have pay this read. off. <laughs> Let's beat this yeah, kid up. Have him defend the title against Cena. <laughs> He's eleven now, probably. <laughs> Cena's heel turn is is Cena's. First real heel turn is he uh, beats up an 11-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> the first, like his first one in forever, his first heel turn in forever, and it's 
him just going after kids, like the kids of wrestlers. Randy Orton's uh, the legend killer, seen as the kid killer. <laughs> Man, Cena, you got to stop hitting all these kids. He's like, I can't help it. I just want to punch them all. If if he does do that, I hope it does become a thing, and I hope he starts punt kicking them, like like Orton does with legends. Just <laughs> he be- he becomes the doctor of kindernomics. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, so I gave that a one because I just like it. It had no reason to be the second to last match of WrestleMania. And no. And I stand by that. Uh, then we get an ad for WrestleMania 35. It's going to New York, New Jersey, baby. Uh, <laughs> then we get a Brock and Roman video package. Uh, just a video to remind you that uh, Roman Reigns is powerless against uh, a couple of F5s. That's, that's all that is. This will, this will come in later. Yeah. It's, it may be priming you for what you're about to see. Uh, in theory, this is at this at 34. This is a good idea for a match. The two, the only two guys that have ever beaten the Undertaker at WrestleMania, duking it out for the Universal Championship. Like I get why they booked this match, and why it works on paper. It's a pretty disappointing uh, main event of WrestleMania, that being said. You know, the problem is everyone hates Roman Reigns, and people don't really like Brock Lesnar. So yeah. People don't like Brock Lesnar for the reasons that, that Roman Reigns lays out in the build-up to this feud. <laughs> like, Yeah. Like, if they had just let... People don't like Roman Reigns because yeah. of he's Roman Reigns at this time. Yeah. If they hadn't done the whole part-timer thing... I think people would have been more happy with Brock beating up Roman. But instead they spent the whole time being like, (laughs) he's a part-timer. He just comes in here, wins championships, and doesn't show up to work. And and they're like, yeah, we don't like that either. What? (laughs) Uh, Everyone gets booed at the beginning, uh, except for one person. And ladies and gentlemen, his name is Paul... Heyman. Paul Heyman. Because uh, you're not going to boo Paul Heyman. If you booed uh, Paul, if, if someone booed Paul, Paul Heyman, like, legitimately, I think he might hurt someone. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wouldn't... <laughs> I wouldn't trust them. I would yeah. be like, why why boo Paul Heyman? Um, I mean, unless you're doing the... But yeah, boo, no. we, we hate you, Paul Heyman. We love you. <laughs> You're great. You're a creative yeah. genius. <laughs> so, uh, as I teased earlier, this is when my MVP of the night shows up, and it's the person who brought the beach ball yes. that seems to be more entertaining than the actual match going on. Because <laughs> everyone is totally watching a beach ball in the crowd. Yes. And the commentators are doing their best to not address it at all. Uh... I could go through this whole match, but it's a bunch of suplexes and Superman punches and F5s and spears. Uh, yeah, it's awful. I will say the best spot in the match is uh, 
when Reigns kind of spears Brock onto and over the announce table. That's cool. Yes, I would agree. That was a cool moment. And uh, you say kind of because he like it's mostly like Lesnar jumping onto the table. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a cool moment. Um, but Brock doesn't. But get I paid, agree. It, Brock doesn't get paid to land awkwardly on a table. He's gonna jump and land exactly how he wants to. So yeah, I I, I don't even take yeah. that into consideration at this point. Uh, yeah, it's just it's also just so cringy to watch because it's like literally no one cares. Yeah. Like it's and it's really hard to watch a match when no one in the audience cares. And I will, I mean, I will say, watching it back then, I didn't care either. I hated both of these people, so like I was just more like in agreement with the crowd. So I get it, but rewatching it, it's even harder to enjoy because you're just like. Oh, they're kind of just doing this, and everyone's just watching a beach ball. It's like yeah. off screen. When I um, my note here, so is it that just makes it pretty lame. I don't think it's totally fair. I think the last third of the, the last, maybe even just quarter of this mania, had a weird vibe to it, uh, and everyone kind of gave up on this match before it even started. And like, I'm not saying it's a great match, but like, they're trying. Kind of. I mean, I think Roman Reigns is trying. I don't know how much Brock is doing, you know. But. He's being Brock. Yeah. they're try- it, It's not an amazing match. It's not in a vacuum. Without the crowd, it's not unwatchable. I think the crowd makes it hard to watch. Uh, it yeah. is funny to hear I would them ag- chant, this I is would awful, agree. which is. <laughs> Someone was very clever in coming up with this is awful uh, instead of uh, this is awesome. Because, this is awesome. Yeah. Because it does take you a second to go, what? It's like, what happened that made that? You're like, oh no, they're not saying awesome. That's. <laughs> yeah, they're saying awful. Oh no. Also, I don't know if. Um, if Reigns was busted open the hard way or if he just didn't blade properly. Uh, but that's a lot of blood for <laughs> what happened. Like It was, yeah. It was a scary amount of blood. I think he didn't blade properly because it was still bleeding like a blade, but it was like a lot. (laughs) Yeah. But I know Brock likes to do things the hard way, so I don't know if he just really was, maybe he was mad about uh, the crowd's reaction and the beach ball and really just laid into Roman. (laughs) But I I, I mean, clearly he's okay. He's still wrestling now, but that was not great. Uh, no, I gave um, them a three for trying. Then he had, yeah. Then it was just the the sixth F five was the one that that finished Roman Reigns off, and the crowd, notably hating Roman Reigns, actually cheered. With yes, Rock one. I was like, okay, yeah, that was. Um, I gave it a three for them trying. They were they were working against every possible downside. They didn't have a great. They didn't have a good yeah. lead in. They and the lead in didn't have a good lead in, and the lead in to that didn't have a good lead in, and that one and the Nia Jax match was uh squandering. Oh, actually, that lead in wasn't great either. <sighs> yeah, the last like several matches of this card really bogged down this whole thing. It was a bad back half, yeah. It was like it started off so strong, 
And then... Can you imagine uh, if the leadoff into this had been the Intercontinental if, like, Championship? Like, Cena Taker kind of... Like, Wait, what'd you say? Can you imagine if the lead into this had been the Intercontinental Championship instead of the Raw Tag Team Championships? Like... Uh, oh, I mean, it would have been better. Yeah, like, it would have, like, blown off the 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 main event. But at sure. least people wouldn't have been like coming off of a weird thing with a kid, you know, I don't, I'm just, yeah. I mean, it would have helped for sure. Um, but I don't know, man, the, the hate for Roman Reigns was real at this time. Yeah. Like I, I, I think maybe as like, cause I know, like you said, like you weren't watching at the time. So like, I think you, contextually know that people hate Roman Reigns, but I don't think you like experience wise, uh, like understand the exact amount of hate for Roman Reigns. Like this match would have not succeeded, even if there was a good lead in or if they're like, if it was built up in a good way, like yeah. there was just no, there was no liking him. Yeah. He was I get that. not even close to being over oh, in any sense. So we get a, after this, the end of this match, we get a recap of the entire night in non-sequential order for some reason, non-chronological order. It's just all over the place. And then after that, uh, Roman Reigns uh, he gets up and he walks out and everyone boos him and there's no like commentary or anything on it. Just a weird yeah, it's just kind of fart weird. to end. It's like a, it's a second fart after a fart. Like, yeah. And it's, this is kind of becoming a trend, and maybe I don't know if it's just the ones we've been handpicking, but like it seems like the, we've seen a lot of WrestleManias that have a lot of good matches, then for weirdly unpopular main event that just is like, oh, that was the main event. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, this is this is another one of those. Yeah, I agree. I had, uh, so the best my o- overall. We're, we're done with this mania. My best match of the night, my favorite, was uh, Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie. Uh, something I didn't think I was going to say going into this card. And my worst match of the night, I gave it to the Raw, Raw Tag Team Championship uh, for every reason that I explained before. I just cannot get with the program there. Uh, what did, you, yeah, You've already favorite, said your favorite uh, least favorite. Yeah, with Charlotte Flair and Oscar, and then my least favorite was Cena and Undertaker. Yeah. Um, overall, I overall gave this like a five out of ten. I gave it a six, which makes sense. That there were some things that I was a little more keen on than you were, but I didn't. I couldn't yeah. justify anything over that. Despite the fact that there were some things I really liked, I want to. I want to say, if you haven't watched any of this Mania, seek out that Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali match. That Intercontinental match is good, and the Char- Charlotte Asuka is definitely worth watching, too. Uh, yeah. every, and, and, I mean, the mixed tag. And mixed the mixed tag, tag yeah. Always forget the mixed tags in there, because it's in the middle. It's weird, and it feels, uh, it feels like it happened in, like, its own little, like, separate-from-time bubble. You know? Like, it was not yeah. the same universe as the rest of this card. Yeah. No, it's got some, it's got some shine, like, shiny moments in it. It's just... Yeah. The back half is rough, and that's what like really brings it down. Yeah, and that's a, lot, a shame because I mean, some... it's, it, there's not. Yeah, I agree. All right, Phoenix. 
how about how about you tell these people where they can find you? Oh wait, actually, before we do that, can... we need to discuss some stuff. Ooh. I need to talk to you. Ooh, I'm calling you out, Phoenix, because this drops You're calling Thursday me out. before the 2021 Royal Rumble, and I got my eyes Ooh. on a pretty little prize. I got my eyes on that <laughs> Media Moments Podcast Championship. <laughs> And I know I know it's vacant. Well, I know we're our, I know we're fighting for the first to be the inaugural champion. But brother, I think you got some, I got I think you've bitten off more than you can chew. I study every week. I know exactly what picks I'm going to make. And I have a team that helps support me at Wrestling News World. I think I got the edge going into this baby. What do you have to say about that? Listen. You have you have the scholars, the scholarship. You have the the writing capability, but you ain't got the experience. You ain't got the longevity that I have possessed. I've been a fan of wrestling since I was a child. This will be my like twentieth Royal Rumble that I've seen. And you think you could just come and come at me, going for my title, Look. my rightful title? You're because no taller than Nicholas, you brother. Right for wrestling now. <laughs> You're not even Listen, gonna... <laughs> that title is mine. I will see you this Sunday, metaphorically, <laughs> at the yeah. Royal Rumble. We um, could have tried to make it happen, but it's just it's not happening this time. Probably at Mania, we'll watch no. together. But <laughs> this yeah, time, not but happening right now with with some weird with COVID re- things and it just being like too soon we can't pick up with these plans but figuratively i will see you this sunday oh. and i'm taking what's rightfully mine and it's that mania moments title yeah well let me tell you brother saturday around the early afternoon we will be publishing our picks our predictions for the royal rumble and that is you can find all of those things on our twitter and that's where that's where all this is going to be taking place and the next time you hear from us on the podcast, we will have our first ever Mania Moments champion. So I'm going to be a gracious winner now. Yeah, so I'm tune in you, for that. I'm going to be a gracious winner already, <laughs> and I'm going to let you give your plugs first. Phoenix, where can everyone find you? All right. You can find the future Mania Moments champion at Phoenix on Twitter and at BA Phoenix on TikTok. It's a new year, and it's a new TikTok experience for me. All uh, right, <laughs> uh, runner-up Robbie. Where can they find you? <laughs> they can find the real champion, the people's champion, on Twitter at Robbie D. Shazer. Pretty much a cross-platform at Robbie D. Shazer. Uh, I write for WNW News. Uh, we've got our. Uh, also, we've also got our experience with the Royal Rumble predictions that is coming out the same day that this does. So go check them out. Uh, follow at WNW News. Follow fifty two oh eight Media. Follow us at Mania Moments Pod. Do all those good things you know you should do. And we will see you next time with our brand new champion. Got anything to say before we go out, Phoenix? See you Sunday. Who's ready to rumble? This guy.